Coming up on today's episode, I cry for the second week in a row. We talk about our whirlwind of a vacation we just took. And as I teased on Instagram, a very big announcement that I'm really excited to share with you all today. So without further ado, here's this week's episode. Greetings. Hello, hello. We are back in Las Vegas, back in the studio after a whirlwind couple of weeks of travel. We had a trip. I'm going to recap everything, but it just feels so good to be back in our home and recording the podcast from this little space. And I'm just very happy to be back. I'm just going to get right to it because I so dramatically teased that I had some really big news to share and that I was going to share it first on my podcast before I shared it on Instagram or newness or, or anything else. I, I really don't want people to just like skip through this episode <laughs> to get to the news. So we are just, we're going to jump right into it because it's a lot to talk about and it's very emotional and it's completely unexpected. So I, maybe we should put in like a, a drum roll um, effect. No, people are going to start to get mad. Okay. So without further ado, the news is that Michael and I are moving to Michigan. Yes, Michael Maple and I, sorry, I didn't mention Mr. Maple the first time, will be moving to Michigan soon. The The move date is TBD. We need to wait for our house to sell, which it goes up for sale today, which is so freaky. Our, our wonderful, one of our greatest best friends here, Jesse, is our broker, and he's been helping us through this process. And last night we went out to dinner with him. We're like... So when does the guy come like, like in my mind, the person that's coming to put up the sign comes in like the night and he's wearing like a cape and like a baseball hat. And then I just wake up in the morning and it's there. But he's like, no, somebody's just going to come by and <laughs> I stake it into the ground for you. First of all, this was completely unexpected. Michael and I were not looking to move. We love our life here in Las Vegas. You know, we love our house. We love our friends. We love our community. And it was actually the Monday we got back from Michigan a while ago, or not that long ago. What was that, like a month ago? Yeah, I was uh, basically end of June. End of June. Uh, it was that Monday, and we had just gotten back the night before, like 11 p.m., and Michael, like, we were laying in bed in the morning, just scrolling our phones like we shouldn't be. He's like, I need to tell you something. And immediately, I was like, do you have COVID? Like, do you, like, do you have COVID? And you didn't tell me. He's like... No, like I, I got contacted about a job in Michigan. I want to make sure this is something we want to move forward with. And for some reason, I just like immediately started crying. I, I couldn't regulate my emotions. It wasn't sad tears. It wasn't happy tears. It was just everything at once. And, you know, I told Michael, like, of course, go through the interview process. You know, always good to see see what opportunities are out there and then we'll figure it out. But like, we love our life in Vegas. We're probably not going to leave. And then Michael got the offer while we were in Wyoming. And we sat, we sat on it for a few days. Luckily, we were in Wyoming with our whole, like with my whole family and my side of the family. And, and we 
talked to them about it at great length. And they were obviously super excited at the prospect of us being closer to them, but also still very respectful. Like, this is your life. You two are a family unit. Go where you want to go. Live where you want to live. And we just, when we saw the offer, we just realized it was an opportunity that the universe we felt like was telling us to take. We never thought we'd move back to the Midwest. I mean, Michael, how many times have we said in the last four years, like to our friends, to our families, like, yeah, we just don't see it. Like, we just don't see ever moving back to Michigan. A lot, for sure. But I think one of the big reasons we never really envisioned moving back was because we never envisioned an opportunity Mm -hmm. worth moving back for. So the fact that this came along, it was a new thing. It's not an existing company that I got contacted for. So kind of came out of nowhere and it just really uh, felt kismet. Yeah. So like you said, it's a startup. Um, It's not a company we were aware of before. And it just was such an emotional decision to make. I have cried so much over the last 10 days. It's It's hard because when we first moved to Vegas, it's been four years. That was also completely unexpected. It was actually on my birthday. Good move, Michael. Called me and was like, hey, I got offered a job in Las Vegas. I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, just like, I guess, interview or like go meet with them. Like we're never moving to Las Vegas in a million gajillion years. I can promise you that. And Michael is kind of like, no, okay, well, we'll explore it. And, And in that moment in our life, we were looking to move. Uh, we had actually just been in New York like the weekend prior, looking at apartments in Brooklyn. No job, just vibes. Wondering if this is a place we should live. And we kind of left New York being like, this isn't for us. I'm sorry, but like for me, New York is an accessibility nightmare. It just would not have been a good quality of life for me. And so then Michael came back from Las Vegas and was like, I love the company. I really believe in this. I, I think I've got to go do it. And of course, like when your partner comes to you like that, you're just like, oh, we're a team. Like you would do the same for me. And Michael said, like, if you know, if you get a job opportunity that's somewhere else, well, you know, we'll obviously consider that too. But I um, like three weeks later, our condo was packed up and we moved into an apartment in Vegas on July 1st, which is pretty much the hottest month of the year. And I cannot tell you how depressed I was. I, I mean, it was it was a real low for me. I I wasn't working. I was furiously applying for jobs in Las Vegas. This was really before the boom of remote work. Like I was not even applying really for remote jobs. They just barely existed in in the fashion industry, which is what I was looking into. And I would just sit in our apartment all day because you can't go outside. It's so hot. I would like try to go to a coffee shop and I wouldn't like the coffee and I'd start crying. I went and got my nails done and like halfway through started sobbing because they looked so bad. It was, I just woke up every morning. It was like counting down the days until we could leave. Like, okay, where are we moving next? I, I told Mike, like, we'll give it a year. We'll give it one year. And then if it's, if it's still this way, like I can't be here anymore. We can move, we can move. To the West, like somewhere else on the West Coast, but can't do it. I was miserable. I was going to say, I don't, <clears throat> I think you're oversimplifying a little how easy that uh, that acceptance of moving out here was. And yes, oh, that was, was a hard. huge leap of faith for you. And, you know, I will always give you credit for that, for, for doing that and ultimately accepting to go. But it was definitely a back and forth challenge. I mean, really deciding that this was the move for us was, was not just a 
you know, discussion over coffee saying that we need to do this. Oh, for sure. No, it took us weeks to decide if this was the thing we wanted to do. If you know the AUBs, like every decision has to be discussed in depth a hundred times over. Like when we have a decision to make, it consumes our life. We talk about nothing else. Like we'll like rise up in the middle of the night and be like, actually, I just thought of this point. And so that was the way it was for Vegas as well. But ultimately... I was trying to leave my job in Michigan. I, I wasn't happy there anymore. And it just was a joint decision that this was something we we're going to do together. And Michael also promised me we could get a dog, which we did. And the timing really felt right overall because of those things you mentioned. It's like I was feeling kind of stuck at a ceiling in my job. You were feeling unfulfilled in your job in Michigan. And so I think a lot of factors went into us taking that initial leap. And I mean, I'm sure you're going to get to this, but... That was the best decision we ever made. Oh, the best. The best. Yes. I'm definitely going to get into that because I want it to be a, I want to say lesson. Like this doesn't need to be educational, but just like I said, I was in the lowest of the low when we moved to Las Vegas and within a year I was like, okay, I, I really, really like this place. Like I could see us living here for a long time. We made the decision. I got a job. I started meeting people. We had two friends, Matthew and Kayla from Detroit when we first moved here, which was, I mean, unbelievably helpful for them to show us the ropes of, of this town. And they did move like within a year. And when they moved, Michael and I really had to make the decision, like, are we going to stay here? And we ended up, we started looking for houses. Like, let's just see what's out there. We fell in love with this one area of Las Vegas called Summerlin built a house here. And that's when things really took off for me. Like once we were in our home, we had our dog, we had a more robust group of friends. And we just found that this was our first time leaving the nest in a way. We're very, very close to our families. And we feel incredibly lucky for that. Like we both have fabulous parents, siblings, everyone. And leaving them was the hardest part and just being out here on our own at first we we're like oh my god it's just us and then within a few months we're like oh my god it's just us and it made our marriage grow our friendship grow when you really for like lack of a better term have nowhere to run like I couldn't just run to my mom's house and Michael couldn't just you know run to his parents or we had to like sit and work things out and be there for each other and really be like ride or die every day because otherwise we would have felt very lonely. And like for that, I'm very grateful. Like our marriage and friendship and relationship took off in a way that I always thought we were like so in love and like great. I mean, obviously we got married, but it, was, it wasn't until we got here that I was like, whoa, like this is next level love, next level respect um, next level care. And I'll always be grateful to our time in Vegas for that. I mean, the last four, the first year was rough, but I will say the last three years have just been excellent. They've been excellent. And I think, I mean, you touched on it a minute, having a, a robust group of friends really helped too. I mean, we had Matthew and Kayla to start, mm -hmm. which like you said, was huge, you know, to have someone that kind of knew what they were doing have someone to hang out with on a Friday or Saturday. We weren't starting from zero. You know, we had someone and a couple that we enjoyed being around, had mutual mm -hmm. friends back home and could uh, could do stuff with. It was so lucky. But, 
once they left, we luckily we had just enough, you know, we had just enough new friends that we had sort of made over that first year. And those relationships really took off. I mean, we considered our Vegas friends, some of our best friends, you know, at this point of anybody, they're not just our Vegas friends, they really are some of our best friends. So that super helped, you know, to to have your best friends living, you know, in the same town as you. Yeah, I've avoided. I've avoided talking about them because I'm going to cry. In making this decision to leave to Michigan without a doubt, without a doubt, the most emotional piece has been just leaving the people that we've met here and the friends that are family. Like my friend Julie met up with me because another friend put us in touch, like someone at Michael's work, a wonderful, wonderful friend named Morgan. And she met up with me at a restaurant before I ever even moved here, like just to talk to me and be like, yeah, Vegas is cool. Like, and she's one of my best friends. She's family. We spend Thanksgiving with her and her husband, Reed, who is like a brother to me. And, and then like, gosh, was that just, that wasn't just last October. Maybe it's been two years now. Then we met our friends, Kylie and Jesse, and they live across the street from us. And, in the neighborhood across the street. And I mean, they're, they're my family. They're our family. They're who we go to for help. I mean, Jesse's listing our house for us, no questions asked and just been so helpful. And I'm just, I'm devastated to be leaving the Vegas because I won't get to see them as often. And I know we've built friendships that like, these are for life. Like these are people that We'll, we'll meet each other's children. We'll be at each other's weddings and baby showers and birthday parties and holidays. But I just can't express enough the joy that these people brought into our, our lives by just being kind. I mean, our friends Morgan and Sam invited us to their wedding and it was here in Vegas. And we just felt like, Oh my gosh, like we're being invited to people's weddings. We're being invited to their Thanksgivings. We're going to their engagement parties. Like this is, it's just been the warmest feeling here in Vegas, not just the temperature. Cause it is warm as hell. I'm not going to miss that, but the warmest feeling to have friends that many times have gone out of their way to make us feel like we have a home here in those people. And I was putting off talking about them, Michael, because every time I think about them, I just, I lose it. I lose it. Well, I think one of the things too, that really makes Vegas cool, you know, that you don't really think about when you move to a transient city is that yes, transient cities that, you know, are hard when Vegas is probably the most transient city in the country of people moving in, moving out, not staying their whole life, not raising kids. But with that said, you're with a lot of peers who didn't grow up here. And so it feels to me that we met a lot of people that were really open to making friends later mm-hmm. in life. You know, that's not something that we necessarily would have done in Michigan at, at in our late 20s or early 30s. You know, we kind of had our group. We're good. You know, and that's not to say that you shouldn't always be shutting people down or mm-hmm. not open to it. But it seems like people are really open to it here. Like you said with Julie, just showing up because hey it's a girl my age that yeah. has similar interests and let's let's see if this works you know and look what that grew into or yes. someone like Kylie that a mutual friend hey you guys are the same age and you know two people that we both know mm-hmm. you guys should get breakfast and look what it turned into 
So never giving up on making friends, I think, is a good mm-hmm. lesson we'll take away from here. But specifically in Vegas, I think that had a big, you know, part of that. You just the, the vibe here and the attitude about meeting new people, making new friends, being open to relationships really uh, is a cool thing about Las Vegas. Yeah, I mean, even Kylie just we met for breakfast and I was more nervous than like any first date I've ever been on in my life. Like there was so much at stake. I was like, oh, my God, like. This girl is so cool. I've already stalked her on Instagram. She's so fashionable. She looks so fun. She lives like across the street. Like the stakes are high here. And then like months afterwards, she told me she was equally as nervous. Like we were both freaking out, like left the brunch. Like she hates me. This is, we're never going to be friends, but it's turned into one of the most beautiful relationships of my life. And I think as an adult, we just kind of count out making friends that are really like strong relationships and best friends and Trust me, it was not easy at, at first. Um, you know, when I first moved here, I had, I, we had our friends, Kayla and Matthew, who are from Michigan, who again, were a godsend. But I was trying to meet people too. And I signed up for Bumble BFF. And I'm sorry, but that was probably the low point of my life. Like, I've had some pretty low points of my life. That was, that's down there. Bumble si- BFF. Bumble BFF. It is Bumble for best friends. And you, the same way you swipe on like Tinder or whatever, you would swipe through pictures of like girlfriends, girlfriends. Yeah. Of, of, you could put in like any criteria, like it can be men or women, this age group. And I would basically swipe on everyone that like looked friendly, was smiling. And the amount of times I'd message them, we'd like match and then we'd start talking and I'd get ghosted. I don't know how people date in this day and age because that sent me into such a spiral when somebody would ghost me. Like one girl, we got as far, be like, yeah, let's get coffee. I was like, okay, where should we meet? Nothing. Crickets. I never met a single friend on Bumble BFF. Or they were often like, I'd get bamboozled. I'm like, oh, like they look fun. And we'd match. And I'd be like, hey, do you want like, do you want to do something this weekend? Like we could go get coffee. We could get brunch. We could go to like a soul cycle class or something. And like, yeah, why don't you meet me at Encore Beach Club at the door? Tell him you're with Melanie. And I'd be like, oh, you're a club promoter. The amount of times I got absolutely bamboozled by a club promoter is, is too many to admit to. That's the downside of Vegas. <laughs> is the amount of people like this this person's great and then all of a sudden it's like club promoter. <laughs> yeah, that definitely happens frequent if you're not on the lookout for it. Yeah, if you're vibing with somebody a little bit too well in Vegas like within the first 5 minutes, just just be warned. Just be warned they might be a club promoter. I'm not shaming club promoters. Make that money. We know you do. But when I'm looking to go get a coffee and you're like, please come to excess at 1132 PM. Like we're, you're not trying to talk. (laughs) It it has just been the most special time in our lives here. I feel like I've completely changed as a person and as a wife and as a friend and just become so much more independent. I think I didn't used to be as comfortable spending time with myself and just being and like, now the highlight of my weekend is if, no offense, Michael, but like if Michael goes golfing and I have like three hours to be by myself and like read a magazine. Wow, that's great time. to hear. I'm, so, I'm going to remember that. Highlight of your weekend is if I go golfing. I said for like three hours. You always no, go I for love like this. 12. I'll go golfing much more. Do it. I love my me time. 
And lo- I love being by myself now. Like I'm very, very comfortable just going to a coffee shop on my own, going to get lunch by myself, sitting at a bar at dinner. I was not always that way. I think one of the other things too, I mean, I know we're kind of pumping up Vegas here, which is great. Yeah, just really, right, right as we leave. <laughs> no, which is, it deserves it. But that um, you really found here is your whole career. I yeah. mean, the idea that streaming and, you know, um, community could be a job and a career. I don't know that you would have ever found that without taking the leap to be here. You know, and I think you found that on your own through your own Instagram and just kind of uh, network of people online. But I think maybe you were willing to take the leap and take the risk and really dive in face first, especially with newness to start was because I was working at a streaming company, you know, which Mm -hmm. I maybe gave you the okay, this is cool. This works. People do this for a living. It's not crazy YouTube people that I'll never be a part of. So I think and now look, I think how happy you are is amazing and how great you are excelling at your your role and career. So Again, that leap of faith, taking a chance, I think has paid off in so many aspects in our lives and your lives, you know, specifically. Oh, definitely. It, it it just feels like the general theme of our chapter here was like every the universe just like lined it up. And it was like one thing after another. I, I really think like not to get all like woo woo spiritual, you know, believe whatever you believe. But I felt like because we took this big leap of faith and we're like, okay, like we're just going to try it universe, work it out. Like it just kept working out over the years. And that's not to say there weren't unbelievably hard moments in there. That would be completely unrealistic to, to sell. But I agree. Like if Michael didn't take that job, I wouldn't have really known about the streaming world. So when Kelly contacted me about streaming on newness, I wouldn't have known about it. And I wouldn't have had so many online communities I was a part of if I wasn't looking for friendship in different places. And it just all ended up being this beautiful, unexpected chapter of our life that I will, I will always cherish. And making the decision to move to Michigan was really, really hard. Uh, My first instinct, to be honest, was no. Um, I love our life here. I'm scared to leave it. I'm scared to leave the sunshine and non-winter. Uh, After not experiencing it for four years, that's going to be a rough one. But it just felt like this is the next chapter for us. So we will be moving to Michigan. Michael will be starting work. Uh, We have the house up for sale. So when the house sells, I'll be going. And we are working on a house in Michigan. Fingers crossed it all works out. So it it does seem that in this new chapter of life where we're hopefully having kids and our siblings are getting married and having kids that will be closer to them and that it's just the universe saying like, this is what's right for you right now. And for anyone out there that's like, what's my next chapter? What am I doing? I have to say like, I've always lived by, I've always lived by just the mentality of having faith. Well, that's faith in God, faith in the universe, faith in yourself that you can't, you just, you can't always make plans. I never planned, never thought in a million years we'd live in Las Vegas. We came here for like weekend vacations. We're like, wow, this place is crazy. Who could ever live here? And then we did. And I never thought in a million years we'd move back to Michigan because we said there's no job opportunities there. 
I work remote so I can work anywhere, but for Michael, and this just felt like a gift that was being given to us. And we felt like we'd regret it if we didn't take it. And it's so hard to leave here, but I am really, really excited to start this new chapter and build a new home and be near our friends and family again. I mean, even telling all of our friends and family has been so exciting. Uh, I love drama. That's why I teased like there's going to be a big announcement on my podcast. So just like teasing all of our friends with it and telling them has been, oh, it's just been so heartwarming and wonderful. And on the other on the other side of the coin, telling our friends here in Vegas has been heartbreaking. I mean, heartbreaking. Like I said, I've cried so much. But these next few weeks, month, we are living it up. We're going full Vegas style. We're going to celebrate this weird, kooky, wonderful place that we've spent the last four years. And I'm so grateful to everyone that made it such an amazing, wonderful place to be. This was not a desert for love and fun. It is a desert, but So I will keep you guys updated, obviously, with the move and the process, but it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot over the next few weeks to pack up our house and say, see you later to our friends, even though we literally already have made plans to to see them again in the fall. Like, it's just not the kind of friendships. We're like, bye. It's kind of friendships. We're like, so we're we're still spending Thanksgiving with you, right? And oh, yeah, like, I'm coming back to Vegas for this weekend. It's just so special. And man, this is a lot. This is a lot. Just if you're going through something similar or on the verge of it, just have faith. And even if Vegas had not worked out, even if we were like, this isn't for us. Okay. That's life. That's life. You're going to make mistakes. But sometimes if you just take a chance, it can end up being the most beautiful and rewarding thing of your life. And that's how I feel. And I would say for people that are just to wrap it up from my end, that are thinking of, you know, that next chapter, like you said, is don't be afraid to look in weird places. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the the next chapter isn't always exactly how you drew it up. And I don't think you can necessarily look for it that way. We certainly haven't had any chapter exactly how we drew it up. You know, even though Michigan mm-hmm. seems like an obvious uh, return for us, and ultimately that's why we made the decision to come home. It seemed too perfect to pass up. We certainly didn't draw it up that way. We didn't think that this was going to be an option for us. And, you know, the fact that it was, was a blessing. So I think don't be afraid to look in weird places. You never know. It might be the best decision and opportunity that that you have. Very well said, Michael. Very well said. Look in weird places. Do you love lip gloss but hate that sticky feeling? I do. Enter Lip Gloss Boss and their line of mint-infused glosses that are ultra-hydrating, never-sticky, and long-lasting. Perfect for long wear, their Magic Wand glosses go on like a gloss and wear as a stain for long-lasting color and hydration. My favorite balmy gloss is the Ultimate Hybrid Balm Gloss Combo. It locks in moisture while providing an ultra-glossy finish. It's also a multi-use product that's safe for lips, lids, and everywhere in between. Maybe not everywhere, but like, You know what I mean? Swipe it on lips for cooling hydration and high impact shine and on eyelids for the perfect gloss lid look. You can even put it on your cheekbones for a dewy highlight. One and done. Lip Gloss Boss creates the magic and you gloss it on. Get yours at lipglossboss.com or find them on Instagram at lipglossbossinc. Orders over $30 ship for free, but of course we've got a code for our listeners. 
Use code FUNLITTLEGLOSS for 20% off your order at checkout. Again, head to lipglossboss.com and use code FUNLITTLEGLOSS for 20% off your order. Let's get glossy. I really got to run these slogans by the brands before I use them. Love you, Lip Gloss Boss. Okay, so I've dried my tears. I've gotten myself together. I thought we'd do a little recap on our, our travels we just had because they were so fun, very crazy, and just we're finally like recovering from all of it. The first trip on this like expedition was we went to Wyoming, Du Bois. It's Du Bois, not me going in and being like, I love Dubois, like Dumois. Oh my God, how embarrassing. Um, du Bois, Wyoming. It was my stepdad's side of the family. So it was like a family reunion. We all voted and we decided to go to the Triangle C Ranch. So it is a true like dude ranch where with cowboys, wranglers, horses, animals, like you stay in little cabins. We didn't really know what to expect. Basically, my family voted on this because we had all just watched the show Yellowstone during COVID. And if you have not watched Yellowstone with Kevin Costner, do so immediately. Immediately. It's basically like the OC, but in in the West and like on a ranch. That's that's my take of it. And Kevin Costner, he he just ages like fine wine. I don't get it. So after we saw Yellowstone, we're like, family trip. Let's do it on a dude ranch. We found Triangle C. And so we all went. First of all, the Jackson Hole Airport is lit. Like, I get why the Kardashians, Kanye West, are like flying in and out of there all the time. Perfect airport. It's nice. It's beautiful. It seems like pretty new if they just redid it. I don't know. I love an airport experience when you deplane outside. Does that make sense? Like when you get off the plane and you go down the ramp and you are like on the tarmac, you're outside and then you go into the airport. Love that experience. It feels very 90s. It feels very luxurious to me for some reason. Love. The airport's nice and small. Okay. Big airports. It's not for me. Well, so it's like an hour and a half to Du Bois and we get there and it's just like a ranch wonderland. At first, I was freaking out a little bit because when they put us in our cabin, um, one of the Wranglers, you know, was was bringing us in and he was like, all right. He's like, so this is, you know, a true like ranch experience. There's no Wi-Fi. There's no service unless you are in the main lodge. And the main lodge was like the dining room, the saloon, uh, a little sitting area. So every night, like my family would be in there like robots, like just on their phones using up the Wi-Fi. But it ended up being a blast. Like if I could describe the word, the trip in one word, it would be a hoot. Maybe that's two words, I guess. A hoot. It was just a hoot. We were laughing the whole time. It was unlike anything any of us had ever done before. So that just made it feel much more adventurous, much more interesting. There was no like just, oh, we're going to go lay by the pool or we're going to go like into town. No, no, no. There was none of this. It was wake up and eat breakfast in the dining room all together. Then you get to choose one of your activities like camp. You're going to go on an all day uh, ride with the horses. You're going to do archery, skeet shooting, hikes, 
the afternoon ride, the morning ride, and you would sign up for activities like summer camp. And it was just, and then every night we'd eat dinner together. We eat lunch together. One day we drove and went to Yellowstone. That was so fun. Not to be confused with the show Yellowstone, like the actual Yellowstone where we saw old faithful and she was faithful. She did explode when, when they said she was going to, and it was amazing. I loved Yellowstone, but Michael really took a very natural liking to cowboy life. It was actually jarring how well he fit in, not just with the looks, but like he did have the looks down. He was, e- he was eating me up with the fashion on this trip, but he really just became like one with his horse. He took a, a lesson. What the head wrangler was like, Hey, like, do you want a lesson? Like it was, it was insane. Do you miss your horse? What was your horse's name, Michael? Flint. Flint. I do miss Flint. That was fun. I, did, I didn't expect to be good at horse riding. You know, I've never really horse ridden before. Except Wait, one t- what? is that how you say it? Horse ridden? I've never Horseback horse- ride? Horseback yeah, rid? I don't know. Oh, God. Either way, I've only done that like once or twice in my life and at least 10 or 15 years ago. So it's been a long time. I think I got a really good horse. You know, there was like 30 or 40 horses on the ranch and everyone got kind of assigned one for the week. It wasn't just kind of like step right up and whoever is next in line gets one. They try and give you one to your weight, your skill level, your, um, you know, confidence level, whatever. And so I got matched up with one that really, really worked. And I think it was one of their better horses as far as training's concerned. So he was just following all the commands that they teach you, you know, how to steer the horse, stop, make them go, speed up. And I was feeling so good on it during one of the all day rides that yeah like you said the guy came up to me and said hey you know well first let's say you broke the rules so he came up to you so i was trotting you know in and out of the single file line that they put you in i was just like getting really excited and you know kind of steering my horse outside the line and going 50 yards to the right or 50 yards to the left turning around getting back in line going to the front of the line stopping then trotting all the way back up to the front of the line so yeah i was really feeling it the guy comes up to me and says, look you kind of got to stay in line the horses can get injured if they're not used to the path you're uh (laughs) you're riding on but if you really want to, you know, see what this thing can do, let's do a lesson in the arena, which is the big circular kind of uh, sandy pit where it's um, good for the horses to run around. So I did that with a few other members of the family. And uh, yeah, we were like literally galloping on the you horse. You were like galloping. It was majestic. And it was really cool. Like, yeah, never had that experience like a horse running and you're you're just on it. It felt like you're kind of riding a wave, you know, the the movement, the flow that the horse gets in. So super cool. I wouldn't say I mastered any other aspect of a cowboy. You just had the look. You had the look down. Well, I think everyone really got into the look, which was great. You know, everyone really, really got into it. Cowboy hats, flannel Mm -hmm. shirts, jeans, belt buckles, boots. Mm -hmm. Everyone really went all in. It wasn't like it was just the two of us. And it was cool because we were like... 90% 90% of the people on the ranch. And so it just felt like everyone was yeah. really into the whole thing. You didn't feel silly for being in costume. Yeah, our family definitely served. Served major cowboy, cowgirl looks. It was just so fun to be with everyone. And normally when we have taken this vacation before, you know, we stay in different hotel rooms and everybody gets breakfast separate and then they have an activity. This really was... We're all meeting up to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Our cabins are next to each other. We're, we're starting a bonfire at night. I just, I'll, I'll treasure this trip for the rest of my life. It was 
again, unlike anything we've ever done. We even we went into town one night for square dancing. Every night we were posted up at the saloon. I was a little bit scared though of the main the owner. Uh his name's Chris Cox. He's like a world class cowboy. He like does competitions. He's like and does trainings around the world, you know, but I was kind of scared of him. Like he definitely had John Dutton vibes, the head wrangler July, his name was July. He was rip. Um, and we asked him, we're like, do you watch the show? And they, they watch the show. Cause they know Taylor Sheridan, the creator of it. Cause he has a ranch, I guess not that far from there. And they're like, yeah, you know, the show's good, but it's not very realistic. You can only take somebody to the train station so many times. And that, had me shaking in my literal boots because if you watch the show, taking someone to the train station is literally when they go to kill someone. And I'm like, they know, they know this is the real deal. This is real. July, July, no, knows what it means to take somebody to the train station. But I found myself saying like, like when Chris Cox would talk to him, I'd be like, oh yes, sir. Like what? Like, or when somebody would talk, like, oh, thank you, ma'am. Like, what am I saying? It was I know. Ca- everyone <laughs> just kept saying sir and ma'am and we started doing that yeah just it's like you just fall into this respect y'all. Uh, okay y'all yeah it's circle it's funny yeah they really had a, they had us in line let me tell you and the wranglers worked so hard they worked until like 10 p.m and then they had to get up at 3 30 in the morning to go get the horses who were out to pasture and like get them saddled and everything my horse was peyton nina Peyton Nina and it was because the owner of Peyton Nina had two girlfriends and one horse and he was like I can't name the horse after only one of my girlfriends so Peyton Nina she was a G she was a girl boss to end all girl bosses horse boss I can't even she was so calm she didn't give a shit about anything she was just like once they got her on the trail it was like she's like all right vibes she saved one of the wranglers from bears one time She's 72, I think, in horse years. I, I really do miss her. I really do. She was, I, I actually thought I wasn't gonna be able to ride a horse. I like wrote on my form we had to send in, like, I have a disability. You know, I don't think I'm gonna be able to ride. And when I got there, like, we're gonna put you up with this amazing horse. She's so chill, has never gone off the path or anything in her whole life. If you don't like it, don't have to do it. And then I decided to try it on like the second day. And I just, I fell in love with her. She's she was everything to me. This one's for you, Peyton Nina. We, we really did have a good time, though. And then we flew from Wyoming to Chicago, stayed at the airport, airport hotel. The next morning, drove to Benton Harbor, Michigan, which is like the west side of Michigan. I was also told, and don't quote me on this, that it's the murder capital of Michigan. Unverified, though. Unverified. I wouldn't have known because it was it was lovely. It was lovely. Anyways, we went there for one of my best friend, Katie, and her fiance, Austin, now husband's wedding, lit wedding. I have never been to a wedding like that. It was in this beautiful rustic barn. The ceremony was outside and there were all these like wildflowers. And then the first hour of dancing, we learned line dancing. The DJ was unbelievable. The music was a 12 out of 10. Homemade jam party favors. Oh, Katie, if you're listening to this, Austin, your wedding was fabulous. And it was so fun to be with friends. And that's when we told everyone because they were all at the wedding. We really like hit everyone up in order because first we told everyone we are moving from my side of the family in Wyoming. Then we get to Benton Harbor and we tell our friends because they're at the wedding. 
Then we drive back to Chicago because Michael's sisters both live there and his parents were visiting and we told his side of the family in Chicago. So it was a, a whirlwind. We, uh, Michael worked in Chicago for the week. I came back a few days early um, because I wanted to get maple. I missed my son and I had to tell him we were moving. He's excited. He's, he's really pumped. He loves his grandparents and his dog cousins. So he'll be pumped. So it was a whirlwind. Chicago, it was real. I got to see some wonderful friends. That was a blast. I'm just, I'm not a city girl. I'm sorry. I'm not a city girl. I need a car. I need air conditioning. I need to be able to park in front of a place, get out, walk in. I commend everybody who lives in a city and like does that track every day. This one's for you. This one's for you and Peyton Nina. Well, what an emotional roller coaster of an episode this was. It's the second week in a row I've cried on the podcast. I really not, I, I need to make that not a habit because the reviews are going to start coming in. Like, great podcast, but like, is she, is she okay? Why did you cry last week? Uh, I cried when Stephanie Thomas gave this like beautiful just speech at the end about being in the fashion industry and being a disabled woman in the fashion industry. And I started crying. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess I uh, don't remember that. You recorded that one all on your own. So I sure I, did. I, I missed the tears. Yeah, you did. But not this week. Yeah, I, I'll I'll keep that on the low. Uh, next week, I have a fun game planned. <laughs> I, I guess you can play games on podcasts. I make the rules. It's my podcast. Because if you saw my Instagram stories, I'm watching the show called Beat Shazam. I keep beating Shazam. One of, Michael can testify. This is not something I've made up. One of my secret talents is I can name just about any song based on like the first note. Back me up here, Michael. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. You're you're great at this. I, literally, I don't know. It's mind blowing where you store all this information. I guess this is where. <laughs> well, never mind. What? I was, I, nothing. Say it. Nothing. Say it. You're so smart, and you have so much room for uh, very important. Because what I was going to say, it's definitely where math and science and history was supposed to go in my brain. I just replaced it with songs. Oh, yeah. No, no, that's valid. That's valid. Like where algebra is supposed to sit. You have Beach Boy soundtracks memorized. Correct. And everything else. And from the 1995 and on. Yeah, it's basically 1995 to today. And so I filled out an application to be on the show. But I thought on next week's episode, maybe we would practice and Michael will like do songs, which I think works because I think you can only play up to 10 seconds of a copyrighted song on a podcast. I don't need 10 seconds. I need need one. So that's what we'll do next week. But thank you all for being here. Thank you for going through us on this emotional journey. This next chapter we're embarking on, there will be much more news, many more things to share. But I'm just glad to share it here with you guys today because... You're my podcast family. You're my internet family. And I love you very much. Everyone have a great week. I'll be back next week and I won't be crying. Love ya. Bye. Bye.